Okay. How is everyone doing? Rhetorical question, because no one's going to answer it. Talk Too Much MMA, episode 18. I'm your host, Sina Palavon. I'm back in your life, unfortunately. I'm sure you're excited to see me. Another week of covering fights. Um, before I get to that, I just want to say, for those of you living in Las Vegas, I, and I have some anger issues. The weather outside does not help with that. Um, and I, you know, I'm very, I'm very passionate about this right now because there's no reason I should step outside within three seconds. My arm should be, you know, covered in sweat. So I just want you guys to know I am not fucking with this weather. Um, it's making my daily life a lot harder. But what I am fucking with is the UFC news that came out this week. Um, we have a couple big fights that were booked that I want to talk about. Let me write this one. Darren Till, Kelvin Gastelum. Let's not act like that's fucking nasty. I cannot wait for that fight. Um, and of course, October 5th, we just got our official date for Izzy versus Whitaker. So, you know, I'm very excited for both of those fights. Um, and obviously, we have a title fight this weekend in Jessica Andrade versus Weili Zhang. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about Conor McGregor's apology. I know you guys love that, man. Um, so, yeah, big week of stuff to get into. At the very end, by the way, I decided I'm going to incorporate some special segments into this shit. I'm going to name every week. I'm going to uh, come up with a new idea. But for this week, I'm going to name my top five welterweights on the planet. Okay? So that's going to come last. But to start off, I want to talk about this week's title fight we have one of my new favorite fighters in the UFC her name is Weili Zhang versus Jessica Andrade now if any of you remember Jessica Andrade is coming off her title win where she took the belt ooh from uh Rose Namajunas earlier on the year uh I thought Rose was winning that fight but she fought with poor IQ what is Jessica's number one thing when you're fighting Jessica Andrade what are you scared about yeah, that right hook, that power punch, you're scared about that. You're scared about her picking you up and slamming you, okay? Watch out for that. That's her main move. She loves picking people up, slamming them. She loves hearing the crowd cheering for her. She's a Brazilian Hulk. That's what I how I consider Jessica Andrade. Um, Rose Namajunas got put in a bad position twice. The first time she got slammed wasn't too good but she didn't learn her lesson she was winning that whole fight but she got slammed twice and at the end the second slam she got put in a bad position and it cost her her title Ooh, sorry about that so jessica andrage's her power is what stands out from all the other girls in that strawweight division but Li zhang is a very good overall fighter her striking there's some power behind it that people don't realize don't underestimate her power but get this motherfucking fly. But I'll tell you one thing she is good at. She's precise with her strikes. Her combos are vicious. She's a vicious, aggressive girl. This girl go gets after it in the octagon. Um, so Andrade, you know, if she's looking to set up those power punches, she's looking to be aggressive, she better watch out. You know what I mean? Like, she's not... You want to get in the clinch with Zhang? She, you're in trouble there because she's very fucking lethal in the clinch. You want to stand and strike with her? You're still in trouble because, as I said, she packs power and she's precise. You want to go to the ground? Look at that. She's good as fuck on the ground, too. So how you beat Weili Zhang, I don't know. I'm taking Weili Zhang to upset Andrade and take the title from her. It's sad because I want to see Rose fight Andrade and actually, you know, beat her. 
I think we're going to end up seeing Whaley Zhang versus Rose Namak Yunus as the future rivalry of this division. Um, I just love both of their well-roundedness. Um, I love, and as again, one thing I love about Zhang um, and why I'm picking her to win this fight is because against a power puncher, if you're scared and you're timid, it's not going to work. You can't let them set up. You know what I mean? You can't, it's hard fighting a scary, it's scary fighting a power puncher. It is. But you can't let them set up. And, you know, Jang gets after it, bro. She's not going to let her opponent set up. She's not going to give her opponent that much time to set up those combos, to throw that power punch. She's going to see it from a mile away. And she's just going to constantly be attacking, dude. Weili Zhang puts the pressure on. And she looks to deal damage. And I love this girl. I think she's the best strawweight in that division. Ugh, I don't know. I think Rose the most talented. But, again, talent, I, oh, I love aggressiveness in this game. I love a fighter that's confident and aggressive in her game and pushes the pace. I love a volume fighter, you know, and that's what I see in Weili Zhang. She's 19-1 and one for a reason. Dana White was high on her for a reason. This girl is a stud, all right? So you can start placing your bets on Weili Zhang. This is a great bet to make. Um, just because Andrade is the champion, I'm assuming she's the favorite. This is a close fight to call, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Andrade won, all right? I'm going to take Weili Zhang to win this fight. Um... So I'm telling you all right now, you're going to want to bet. I usually stay away. I'm not going to say I'm that confident in it, all right? But the odds, the positioning of both these girls, if you're a betting man, I don't suggest you bet on the UFC, but if you're going to bet on the UFC, I would put some good money in the, uh, on this fight. Again, two very close girls in the sense of their rankings in that division, but I just see the talent and upside of Zhang to be way higher than Andrade's because you know what we're, we know what we're going to get out of Andrade, that power puncher with the slam. I don't want to see Zhang get slammed. I don't think Zhang will get slammed because I think Zhang has very underrated strength. I think to be, uh, beat up uh, Andrade, you need to match her strength as well in the clinch and, you know, when she, you guys get at it. I think Weili Zhang has that strength. Um, maybe not necessarily as strong as Andrade, but she can match it. Um, she's a strong girl herself. So, I, again, I love, love, love Weili Zhang this weekend. I hope she wins. She's one of my new favorite fighters on the planet. She's a very entertaining fighter to watch. And if you're just getting into women's fighting, this might be one of your new favorite fighters. Man, would I love her. Would I love to see her versus Valentina if that was ever possible? But, um, you know, Dana White, that's on you. All right. And I, I want to address this. You know, Keith's not here, so I can finally speak some good about Conor McGregor. So before I get into Conor's apology, because I'm sure, you know, you all saw this on the news. I love Conor McGregor. I really do. And it just, you know, I just hate, I hate people who conform and I hate sports opinions that are, you know, conforming to the overall popular opinion. So when someone is so quick to, you know, praise this man, Conor McGregor, I question it. Maybe out of tendency, but just because, you know, I know his true value so I don't want to hear people overhyping him, but at the same time, maybe sometimes I underhype him. But I'm going to go ahead and say I very much was in awe, and I respected what he did this past week. He came on the news, and no bullshit. You know what I mean? Dude said, I fucked up. You know, as a man, I'm sorry. As a man, I had no business doing that. It did not further my career. It hurt me. It, it tarnished my image, my family's image, and I'm sorry. I am sorry. And, you know... For this guy to finally do this, to have this humbleness, long overdue, and he only did it because, you know, he looked fucking retarded on camera. Like, he hit an old man at a bar because he didn't want his drink or whatever. 
I still respect the hell out of it, man. He came out. You know, what more can you say? You know, oh, Connor's a piece of shit. Oh, this, that, and the third. Bro, fuck off. No one cares about your opinion. Stop judging the man. Everybody fucks up, you know what I mean, their personal life. I don't really hold this against him. It was pretty trashy. I doesn't really change my opinion of him. I don't hold it against him. But I do respect the apology because he fucked up. If he did not apologize, I would still view him the same way. I would still praise him. I would still say he's dope. Still say he's not a top five, top ten fighter ever. Um, but with that being said, this man is a real one. How do you how do you hate on this? You know, the dude came on the media on the news and said, "I'm sorry." There's no, I had no business doing that. And it did kind of, you know, now this whole situation did in a way leave, you know, raise some questions. What what do we do next with this guy? Um, and does he go to the, you know, can he fight again so soon? Are there going to be any criminal charges pressed against him? Man, look, Connor's timeline to fight has been the same. He was coming back at this when, you know, he, we, Dana White and him knows, know when he's coming back, all right? And that date hasn't changed regardless of him hitting an old man or not, all right? His timeline is the same. If he gets in trouble, I'm sh more than sure the UFC will hire a shit ton of great lawyers to get him out of it and to get him to fight. They did with John Jones. I mean, if you think anything else happened other than the UFC fucking backed him under the table, you're high. So, in regards to him going on the onto the media, for everybody that hates on Conor McGregor, you know, you could suck a dick. Um, I hate haters. That's my least favorite thing in sports, too, is trolls and haters. People who, like, any good player, any good athlete, I will never hate on. You know what I mean? I never do. No matter what my opinion is, I cannot like him, but I will still give him their respect. You know what I mean? I don't like Chance the Rapper. I don't like, in fact, I don't like one of his songs off acid rap. I don't like one of his songs. I could say he's a top 10 talent in the rap game purely out of his creativity. I respect his creativity, his genius, his different um, wave in music. But I don't like his music. And I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't like one of his songs. I still give him his respect, though. And I think you can apply the, the same thing with MMA. I still am going to give Connor his respect. You know what I mean? And... I don't, as I said, and many of you really are going to, I'm going to hear this and it's going to piss the fuck out of me. Oh, but, but Connor hit an old man, bro. I'm not fucking with him. Like, shut up. No one cares. I don't care what Allen Iverson does outside the court. I don't care what Des Bryant does outside, outside the field. All I care about in an athlete is their performance. I don't know them on a personal level. I'm not going to judge them based off their own personal actions. I'm 23 years old. I've done a lot of stupid shit myself in my life that I know if people knew about, they wouldn't fuck with me. So I'm not going to judge a random athlete. I'm just not. You know what I mean? I just, these athletes, it's not fair. They have such a big spotlight on them. I focused on what they produce in their respective fields. That's it, at their job. I judge them professionally, not personally. But that's the fun part about MMA is it, it presents a narrative, a dramatic narrative where you can judge them on a personal level. That's what makes it fun. The reason Conor McGregor is such a big guy is he does his work professionally in the octagon. But he sells that work personally outside the octagon leading up to the fight. He gets personal. He gets personal with his audience, with his opponents. And I think from a fan's perspective, we have to try our best to judge them objectively, not subjectively. Let's not include our own personal opinions when we're judging their talent level. You know what I mean? So I'm not really going to hold this whole incident against them. And in fact, it made me respect him even more. So what do I think is next for him? I think he's going to fight this year, early next year, regardless, January, February. All right. I think that timeline has been the same for a while. It's pretty absurd that he's, that he hasn't fought since fuck, his loss to Habib. 
But, you know, I still think his timeline's the same. Now, if you look at that division, Poirier and Habib are fighting, you know, their big anticipated fight in a week or two. So that's going to go down. Nate Diaz just won, right? He's out there waiting. Connor's been waiting. And then I think no-brainer, Tony Ferguson gets next shot at the title right now. So if we're going to assume Tony takes the winner of this, I think Conor McGregor has two paths. I think Conor's going to take the loser of Habib Poirier, presumably Habib. I mean, presumably Poirier. Um, so we'd see a Conor Poirier too, in which case I think Conor knocks out Poirier in two rounds, this time instead of one. But I think they have a lot more respect for each other leading up to the fight as opposed to the first fight, which was just hilarious banter. Um, or you throw Conor versus Nate Diaz. I personally want to see Conor fight Nate Diaz. I think Poirier is a tougher matchup. I think he beats both. Um, I think the Nate Diaz fight is a little bit tougher. So there's really one thing I'm looking in Conor McGregor when I, he comes back. Um, there's just one thing I want to see. I don't need to see any improvement in this fool's game. I don't. His defensive grappling is phenomenal. He could improve there, obviously. His grappling is his whole. He might be able to learn how to generate some offense. I want to see his gas tank get better. I want to see him be able to throw five combinations, 10 punches each, and be fine the next round. Get ready. We're going again. That's not what he is right now. If he misses with those five, 10 combinations, what do you do? He's gassed. You know what I mean? And I don't want to see that. I'm one of my favorite fighters. I love watching him fight. I don't want to see this fool get tired. So, and it's just so sad to me what's happened with this guy, man. It's so it's so sad, and I I love the underdog, and right now I see him as an underdog dog because no one has faith in him to get that belt back, you know, to do some damage. I do. The dude's a dog. You all, if you know me personally, you know what type of athletes I love. I love those shit talkers, those ignorant dogs, you know, those dogs that want to win, those guys, those gamers. Um, those are my favorite types of athletes. So, Conor McGregor, you're a real one. There's nothing when when you know when an athlete shows realness. I have nothing but respect to offer. Mr. Conor McGregor, you, you took a W in this one. You know, you couldn't have handled that situation better after you couldn't have handled that situation any worse, if that makes sense. But that's that on that. Now, ah, oh, my fucking head itches. And I do need a haircut. I just fucking suck spending like 40 bucks on a haircut, but I want my shit looking clean. But anyway, sorry, that was random. Random, random uh, point. I want to talk about a special segment. I'm going to do a fun segment at the end of each show. I'm going to rank my top fighters in each division leading up to the pound for pound list and maybe even all time list after. Today, per my friend JD's request, we're going to start off with the welterweight division, probably the most stacked division, but I'm not going to cover it in just the UFC. I'm going to do the top five welterweights in the world in MMA right now. Okay, I'm going to start off. I know you want me to start off at number five and go up, all right? So I'm going to start off at number five and go up. The number, the my fifth best welterweight in the world, I'm going to close this. My fifth best welterweight in the world, it's going to be the winner between Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards. Why didn't I choose one? Because they're both so fucking good that I cannot choose. Now, I'm going to take Jorge to win this fight, but that's barely, and I would not be surprised if Leon Edwards won. Jorge Masvidal, game bred, is one of the most violent fighters in the UFC. If This guy has no bitch in him. No bitch in him. You're talking about a guy that threw a flying knee in Ben Askren's fucking mouth five seconds into the fight. A dude that has balls out the ass, no fear, and is just looking for violence in that cage. 
I mean, bro, did you see what he did to Darren Till? Let's not act like he didn't knock one of the biggest guys in that division, basically a middleweight. Um, so why do I have him at five? I see him losing any fight against a, a strong physical advantage. If he's fighting a welterweight that has a strong physical advantage and has explosiveness, I think he could take those shots. I do, because he's fucking crazy. But I just don't see how he'd, it would be a tough for him to counterattack effectively, in my opinion. And I also don't know how he would do against a volume fighter. Those are my only questions regarding him. I think he's dangerous on the feet. If you let him set up on the feet, you'll most likely lose. I don't care who you are. You could be the best. You could be my number one guy on this list. If you let Jorge set up, you're going to lose. But if you put the pressure on him and if you get him thinking on his toes, if you get him moving backwards, I don't know. He's still pretty dangerous. He'll probably, you know, you have an advantage there. Um, but again, don't count out Leon Edwards. I think we need to see Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal for the culture. But that's going to determine who my five slot is. But I'm going to go ahead and lean towards Jorge Masvidal. My number four, my fourth best welterweight on the planet, and I know you guys are, uh, you know, he had to be, his name had to be in here somewhere, the former UFC welterweight champion, one of the biggest guys, strongest guys in that division, Tyron Woodley, T. Wood, um, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC, he's also a rapper on the side, very cool, humble guy, just good people. Why is he my number four? Now, this dude's been one of my favorite welterweights on the planet. I thought he was going to, you know, damn near get close to GSP's career. But the one thing about he's too passive. All right, I get it. He's a crazy power puncher, and he's crazy. He has some of the fastest hands in the UFC, Tyron Woodley does. That fool will get close distance in a millisecond. And his hands are just, they move at warp speed, bro. And he has so much power behind that. That if you get hit with one of those, there's a high chance you go, you're going to sleep. <laughs> Robbie Lawler, for example, bro, that deteriorated ass chin had no chance against Tyron Woodley. So, in terms of Tyron Woodley, I just don't like him when he's moving backwards. He can get completely neutralized when he's moving backwards. Jake Shields exploited that. Roy McDonald exploited that. Kelvin Gasolum exploited that, even though they gave that fight to Tyron Woodley via split decision. I thought it was a close fight. It could have gone either way. In fact, I might have given it to Kelvin. Um, and then, as of course, you saw Kamaru Usman exploit that tremendously in April when uh, Tyron lost his belt. I don't think Tyron Woodley has it in him to take his belt back, uh, belt back. I think he's a phenomenal fighter who, if he's aggressive and brings it, can be anybody at 170 in the world. But I also think that he's timid. I think he's scared to get hit hard. I think, you know, he makes it a point to say that I don't want to take any damage in my fights. He's definitely timid, and I, I think people just overlook that because of his size, and, you know, they want to root for Tyron Woodley, but he's a timid guy, bro, and he's a timid fighter. He's a pacifist in that cage. I hate to say it. I don't like him moving backwards. He looks like a piece of shit when he's fighting moving backwards. This dude looks like a pussy out the ass, and it's just a disappointment because, you know, he was one of my favorite fighters. But I'm not going to put him in the top three. And I know a lot of you are going to disagree. But my three pick, yeah, uh, let me get Rory McDonald there. Uh, for those of you who want to disagree with me and say Tyron's better than Rory, let's go take a look in history. And why don't you watch the two the, the one time they fought? Oh, Cena, it was a while ago. Oh, no, no, no. Tyron got a lot better. Bro, he got neutralized. Like, what does he have for him? What is he going to do in that second fight based off that game film to win? He got pressured against the cage the whole fight. The jab was keeping him at distance and busting him up, and he couldn't get into his range. And Rory was reading his attacks from a mile away. That explosive power punch, yeah, Rory was watching. Was He's looked for that. You know, he prepared for that. He saw that from a mile away. He'll see that from a mile away when they fight again. 
Broy's a very technical, patient fighter, bro. He's not, he's a, you know, he's aggressive. I think his nickname is Ares, you know. Roy loves his blood. He wants a pound of blood every time he fights, but he's patient and methodical. You know, he's a sociopath in a sense. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think even though Roy's in Bellator, let's not forget about the damage he's done throughout his career in the UFC and in Bellator. Roy is, no question to me, my number three welterweight on the planet. Now, my top two, I'm very excited. You can guess. My number two is Colby Covington. My number one is Kamaru Usman. I'm going to go ahead and give them both to you. They will both be fighting for the title. Kamaru being the defending champion, having beaten Tyron Woodley last April for it. Um, really quickly, Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington are two high-volume pressure fighters. Their fighting styles are damn near the exact same. Colby swings a little more, throws a little bit more kicks, mixes it up more, but they both constantly press the pace and look to put their opponent against the cage and on their back and, you know, just get in a dominant position. Both the exact same style of fighter. Um, Kamar Usman is bigger, though. His muscles are bigger. His, he'll have a strength advantage going to the fight. Now, Colby's going to swing more. He's going to use that speed. He's, his arms are faster. He has quicker hands. But that doesn't mean he's faster. Kamaru Usman's very strong and very explosive. So, I mean, this fight is literally a pick and fight. I'm going to go Kamaru Usman because I think Kamaru has that strength advantage. If two grapplers are going to meet the exact same fight style, exact same volume, exact same pressure, I'm going to go with the strength advantage. Um, I am. Uh, biggest strength advantage, too. Kamaru is a dog. Um, for a guy to put Tyron Woodley against the fence like that, man, a D1 wrestler in college. And mind you, Kamaru was a D2 wrestler in college, and Woodley was talking shit on that. And then he got exploited in the fight. But... For a guy like that to put a big guy, like a strong-ass guy like Woodley on his back for five rounds, the only way i take someone over Kamaru is someone who could defend that takedown and just fuck him up on the feet, just put on crazy pressure. You know what I mean? And I think Colby is that guy. He could be that guy, but I'm going to bet my chances that he's not because they're very similar. And, you know, Kamaru is just very confident that Colby has nothing for him whatsoever. So it's kind of hilarious watching them go back and forth. But, man, there's no question to me. And people that, those, all of you Tyron Woodley dick riders, he has nothing for Kamaru. I hate to break it to you. Tyron Woodley has nothing for Kamaru Usman. What do you want to see out of that second fight? You know, nothing. There's nothing. He has to move forward for us to see something different. How do you move forward when you're scared of the guy? The guy's constantly just a dog, a beast, just coming forward no matter what you throw at him. Kamaru Usman's will broke Tyron Woodley's will. So for all you Tyron Dick writers, I'm rooting for the guy. He's not going to beat Kamaru. He's not getting that belt back. He'll beat Robbie Lawler again. He might beat Colby, even though I don't think so. And that's another thing I want to let all you know. Colby Covington will beat Tyron Woodley too. Yes, bro, that's an awful matchup. I know you all think Tyron Woodley would be Colby Covington. No, that's a bad matchup. Colby Covington is the truth. He's inches under Kamaru, bro. He is the truth, bro. These guys have no holes in their game. Maybe their striking's a little weaker, but Colby strikes, bro. He throws heat. He pushes the pace. He throws combos. He doesn't look dumb out there, bro. This dude is talented. It's time to acknowledge him as the truth. This dude could be the champion by the end of this year. Um, but as I said, I'm still going to go Kamaru. So if I'm going to recap, my top five welterweights would go number one, Kamaru. Number two, Colby. Number three, Rory, because he beat Tyron. Number four, Tyron. And number five, Jorge Masvidal, unless Leon Edwards has something to say about that.
But yeah, those are my top five welterweights on the planet right now. Um, once again, I'm Cena Polivon. Um, this is Talk Too Much MMA episode 18. Talk Too Much Fantasy Football will also be coming out this week, next week, and we're going to be covering football all season long. And I know all of you are excited. Fantasy basketball is starting. We're starting our own league and everything. But I have a special hoops podcast, strictly basketball. Um, you name me. You guys let me know. Do you guys know of a fantasy about or not fan? I keep saying fantasy. A basketball podcast on the internet that you guys like that you watch every week. I I don't know of any that's that big. We know Matthew Barry has fantasy football or football locked up. We know Joe Rogan has you know life or MMA locked up. There is no crazy like basketball podcast out there right now. And I think, um, you know, I think me and my uh, buddy JD are here to deliver that for you guys in October. Be prepared. I will be launching the social medias to all that very soon enough. This is Talk Too Much MMA episode 18. My name is Cintron. I will see you guys later this weekend, next week. God bless you.